Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you have newly joined us in 2021, you are getting quite um, a spray paint effect. (laughs) I have my can of spray paint and I'm just sort of spraying a wide swath across the canopy of my papers and my desk as I want to share the things I'm very full of. I want to share the things I'm very full of. And today I want to talk to you about listening. Hmm. I want to talk to you about silence. I want to talk to you about solitude. And I am restraining myself to these 15 or 20 minutes when I'd really like to talk about this for a much longer period of time, and maybe I will. But I want to whet your appetite. I want to whet your appetite. We are in a very unusual, never-before experience in the world that we live in. And I don't care where you live, and I don't care what your economic strata is, um, whether it's very low, very medium, very high, off the charge on either end of that, we are all experiencing the net effects of the pandemic. I was listening to someone who has never has to think about a dime or a nickel or a dollar in their lifetime. And they were describing how the place where they lived, which is uh, very comfortable, I don't know what else to say, but they've been on lockdown. Like the whole facility, they locked the front door literally. You couldn't get out and you couldn't get in. And then they said to you, you stay in your apartment. And the person I was talking to is no longer married and said, I'm locked in this apartment. And I thought, isn't that interesting? With all the resources and financial well-being that she has, she's still locked in this apartment. And, and for others who I've talked to who don't have financial comfort if anything, they're worried about their jobs and they're worried how they're going to make the rent and they're worried what next year will look like. And now here is next year, 2021. But we all have been restricted during this time. We've been locked down. We've been shut up. We've been told that we can't do that anymore. We can't go to church. And let me keep saying we can't go to the building called the church, but we are the church. And um, if you have a telephone, you can be together with the church, uh, other church members. But we've been on lockdown. And you think that being on lockdown would help us to be quiet and maybe develop some better listening skills. But I think what I've been experiencing in conversations and emails and letters from people is that they may be on lockdown, but inside they're on frenzied up. There, there isn't a quietness. There isn't a spirit of calm. If anything, they're quite anxious. And 
the last time I heard that from someone, I immediately went to a passage of scripture, an event in my life, uh, two passages of scripture, and I'm going to try to just say them briefly. The first was about 16 years ago, our only daughter announced that she was going to have a child and it was a boy child. And very shortly after that announcement, they decided they were going to name this boy child Samuel, middle name Otto, last name Hamlin. That's his name, Samuel Otto Hamlin. It was a boy. Then. And of course, I didn't have a boy. I just had one girl and now there was going to be a boy in our family. I was pretty jazzed about that. But then his name was Samuel. And I thought there are two entire books of the Bible about Samuel, named for Samuel. Now, my name is Donna, and my name does not show up in the Bible. I'm married to David, and I've said to him a thousand times or more, how does it feel to have your name in the Bible, King David, a man after God's own heart? And he'll, he will often laugh and say, yeah, the one who slept with Bathsheba. And so we would laugh about that. But there's something about my grandson, whose name was now two books of the Bible. And so I began to pray about Samuel, as of course I was praying for Samuel and his delivery and all of those things, and then uh, it was my first. I was this was the first time I was going to be a grandmother, and I don't know about you, but if you have met some people, David and I have a wide variety of friends in our life. At that place, that 16 years ago, most of our peer friends had already become grandparents. We were kind of sick of hearing them talk. At first, they talked about what they were going to be called. They had all these names, and they were telling the long story why they were going to be called that. When David and I said, we're never going to do that, and we're never going to talk about that like the way they're talking about it. Well, I think we did a pretty good job with the nevers. Um, we let our daughter name us, and we have cute little grandparent names. But this was my first grandchild, and I, I just I said, Lord, what shall I do? And the thought that came to me was, in the book of Samuel are these very wonderful words that Samuel, Eli says, um, that Samuel is to say to the God when the God comes again. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Pow. Wow. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So on the day that Samuel came to this earth, I started whispering in his ear every chance I got near him, and when he was little, of course, it was so much easier to do. Every time I got near him, I would say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Then one day he said to me, What are you whispering? And I thought he didn't even recognize the words I was speaking, so I spoke them aloud, and I told him that I was always going to whisper those in his ears. By nine, he was saying, I know, I know, Nana, as soon as I'd start to get close to his ear. And if I took him to school, I wanted to whisper it in his ear before he got out, and he'd say, he raised his hand, I know, I know, Nana. So he didn't actually say it. Now he's 16 and six foot one. I can't even get near his ear, much less the pandemic. But I thought, speak, Lord, the servant is listening. There was a, in that one statement, a long story about how the statement came to be, but there is from the human, Samuel, saying to the God, speak. And then the human, Samuel, saying, I am listening. Are you listening? Are you a good listener? Do you know what keeps you from listening? I know we're going to talk about this for a couple of times together, okay? I know that just now, I know that. What keeps us from listening is often 
uh, a mindset that we have about the person who's speaking to us. I know what they're going to say. I know what they think. I know how they feel. I I don't like what they think. I don't like how they say it. I don't like them. Because there's this vast array of things. And so we turn off. We turn off. We turn off. So I want to say to you in this new year, when we're on lockdown, and in many ways we're on lockdown, in the confines of small spaces, and we wish that we could go out somewhere. Mm. For those of you who have a house with a yard that you can actually walk out the door and be outside, the climate makes that available. It's so much easier for you to quiet yourself down before the Lord and listen to Him, and listen to Him. Um, But I can just tell you that God speaks into our lives and he speaks to us differently. All the time he speaks to us differently. I am here today speaking on Modern Homemaker's behalf on a podcast that we've been doing now. This is our 18th year of doing it. How in the world did I get here? I got here because I was listening. And it all came to me as I was thinking about talking to you about listening and looking at a couple of passages in the scripture that talk about listening, including this phrase from Samuel. Six or seven women came to me and said, would you mentor us? And I said, no, just like that. I have a Southern friend. Her name is Susan Miller. If you haven't read her book, you should. She's an expert on moving and unpacking the boxes. And really, she's an expert on the transitions of moving and uh, a wonderful woman from the South. And one day she invited me to tea. And I said, no. And she looked at me and she said, why, you could have said, no, thank you. And I thought, that is, it, that, like, that epitomizes how, let's just get to the chase here. Let's just, no. Well, that's not listening. That's not the art of listening. The art of listening and listening to one another and listening to God takes some thought, takes some practice, takes some change of habit. And um, we'll, we'll talk about the 10 sacred steps of listening I think we'll do that the next time we're together, okay? But for today, those same six or seven women a year later asked me the same question, and I said the same thing, which was no. But as I said the no, I was listening to God say, why not? Let's talk about that. I believe that God wants to speak into our lives. He wants to speak into our lives in a way that only he can speak into because those dear girls, in many ways, they were honoring me. In many ways, they were honoring me. I come from a very unusual background. My mother was 14 years old when she conceived me. She was a beautiful Persian girl from a very Middle Eastern family. And from the moment... They discovered that my mother was great with child me. She was the shame of her family until the day she died. And I was the product of that shame. Now, that's a whole different story. But 
what happens when we get in that cycle of who you are, who you believe you are, we're not opening to listening to what God is saying about your life. And I said, no, I'm not competent. I'm not old enough. I have nothing to say to you. I have had these amazing mentors in my life. And if I were to tell you the names of my mentors and then put myself next to them, I'd say, no, 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 I can't do that. So no, the answer is no. But when the Lord said, let's talk about this, what he, what he was saying, I have something to tell you about this. And so the next few months, I spent a great deal of time listening to prompts from the Lord and making a list, which just talking about it makes me feel a bit emotional. My entire life from the day I was born until that day, I was 41 or 42 years old, had been changed and rearranged and marked and uh, set apart by women who mentored me. <laughs> I didn't, never knew that. I didn't know that. I knew those women. I could have told you. You said, who was Vera Stromberg? I would have told you who she was and what she had done. Well, who was Mrs. Rubel? I could have told you what she was. But not until those women asked me, and I said no, and they asked me again, and I said no. And then I heard the Lord say, not in an audible voice, but just in his presence, let's talk about this. And what happened is I listened to him for the few months that followed, and he reminded me of the importance. He reminded me of the importance of older women in our lives. And in Titus chapter 2, I went to the scripture, and to this day, I will tell you that I really believe what I saw was highlighted in that neon yellow. Uh, it's not in my Bible, I assure you. I don't have a neon yellow Bible, but it, it was that, it, it just jumped off the pages, because I wanted there to be a biblical process which I might mentor women, six or seven women who I was going to engage with. And how would I do that? And in chapter 2, these are the two verses, and then I'll give you a reminder of what we're all about. Likewise, tell the older women to be reverent in behavior, not to be slanderers or slaves to drink. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, chaste, good managers of the household, kind, being submissive to their husbands, so the word of God would not be discredited. And I read that and wept, and I read that, and I outlined it in that very moment with the Lord, that there were four main categories. There, there were four main categories, and that they all had to do with a woman. It was a woman who she was as a woman and a woman of faith, if she had expressed an interest in being a servant of God's, who she was as a wife, who she was as a mother, and who she was in taking care of her home. Four categories. And then when I read it, and reading it aloud to you, it feels like I just read it. There were all these things that they talked about, that he talks about, Titus talks about. And this is Paul talking to Titus, and Titus has gone off to the Isle of Crete, where he's the pastor, and what turns out is he's got a bunch of older girls who have turned out spending their afternoons sitting around and gossiping. 
and chattering and being idled, drinking too much afternoon wine. And Titus writes Paul and says, what am I supposed to do with them? And this is what Paul says. Here's what you're to do with them. Give them this teaching and that this is sound doctrine. And so he does. But he says to him, you can't be a gossip and you can't drink too much. And, and you are to be teaching good things and you to encourage young women. Ah, oh, man, here are young women who want me to encourage them and I wasn't, I was saying no to them. I, you are there to love their husbands, they're to love their children. They're to be self-controlled and chaste and kind, kind. So you could take any one of those words and begin teaching them and out of those two or three verses, you would have a year's worth of material. So now the Lord had said, look at all these women who have mentored you. And um, I think you got the drift of what happened. And I said, yes, and here I am. This many years later, I'm still saying yes to this very same concept that those of us who have been around a little longer are a little older in the faith have an opportunity to say to anyone else and to be heard from others what God is calling us to do. He is calling us to listen to him, to listen to him. What kind of listener are you? Are you like my little grandson? Are you like the young son Samuel? Remember who Samuel was. He was Hannah's first child that she prayed and fasted for. She didn't make a bargain with God. She made a promise to God. And she said, if you give me this child, I will entrust him to you. And when he was weaned, she took him to Eli in the temple. Eli wasn't a great guy, but he was the temple leader. And she left her child with the temple leader because she had given God her word. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I said, speak, Lord. I wasn't sure I was listening. And uh, finally, I did listen. And God said, this is what I want you to do. So I'd like to continue this conversation about listening. What kind of listener are you? If you're a regular listener and you think you're going to hear us the next time, I'd like you to read chapters uh, 17, 18, and 19 of First Kings. Chapter 17, 18, and 19 of First Kings. So we'll be together on this subject of listening two more times. The first time we'll talk about sacred listening. The second time we'll talk about those three chapters in Kings. Remember, I'm asking you to send me any ideas you'd like, need help, suggestion, conversation about, and tell me what you think about the Sermon on the Mount. We're taking these requests and we'll make some decisions about what kind of teachings we're going for following this. We're Modern Homemakers. I'm Donna Otto. And remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of being an exceptional listener.